Welcome to the Terrible Warriors. Hello, I'm your groundskeeper for this game, Justin Eacock. And groundskeeper is a term being used for the GM in Magpie Games Bluebeard's Bride. Bluebeard's Bride is a game I have wanted to play on this podcast for some time. And before I get into describing this game that we're about to play, let me introduce you to the players who are around our table busily doing their homework. Uh, starting uh, our regular here on the show. Hi. Hi, Terrible Warriors. Judas is back. I'm not allowed to play Dirk this time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Regular, regular. I have a feeling <laughs> you'll be still be able to find a way to work those qualities into our story. Oh, damn it. You're right. <laughs> Darn. I am playing the most Dirk character. I you didn't it. even see what you were doing. I'm leaving. Okay. Slam door nope. on my way out. Bye. We'll explain why Brie is all of a sudden having a revelation that she's just set herself up. Never had up. an original you're, idea in my life. You're your own Terrible Warrior Judas today. Wow. But new to the show, everyone else is brand new. Uh, from the podcast for the recently deceased, we have here at the table Nick Cassidy and Ash Cassidy. And tell me a bit about the podcast for the recently deceased because it seems delightfully appropriate for what we're playing today. <laughs> it's a non union, definitely not infringing on the last podcast on the left format. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is a legally distinct yep. intellectual you know, property. Distinct intellectual. You, you know what that is, guys? It's it's metal. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> totally different metal sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so we're a podcast about uh, paranormal and weird stuff. We don't do true crime, so we're not exactly the same. Yeah. So the good news um, is, how much do you yell about aliens? Oh, so much. Oh, well, you're infringing quite a bit then. <laughs> so, yeah. To be the honest, have is, you ever read anything from Bibliotheca Pileades? There's no way you could goes, be calm about oh it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the good news is, normally when we record these things, it's weeks before they get out, but because of me, uh, in 48 hours after this recording, so you can actually promote, you have a series happening right now in October. We, oh, yeah. We're doing the Mothman at the moment, and um, our first episode of that came out yesterday with, check out... <laughs> Us on Terrible Warriors, so uh, yeah, yeah, people are playing so Blackbeard's Bride. The, 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 oh yeah, Blackbeard's Bride yeah. as well. Yeah, but I do correct it is Blackbeard's Bride. I do say it, but it's uh, yeah, we're covering the Mothman of Point Pleasant and all the super Twin Peaksy weirdness that was. Yeah, going it on was in beyond bizarre. We're talking Men in Black. We're talking Flying Cryptids being the least of it. Strangeness. Now I am the posi- po- the podcast resident skeptic, so and even I, uh, I'm having a tough time writing all that shit off it's it's it'll be a good listen mm. and it was an exasperating read <laughs> i'm excited also i'm excited you read it so i don't have to <laughs> <laughs> also new to the podcast from fairy tales for unwanted children hi my name is scott from what he just said yes <laughs> yeah. so uh this one is the perfect game for me because we're in a fairy tale world and you actually uh, uh fairy tales for unwanted children you write and uh voice uh, the readings of your own original fairy tales. Exactly. Nothing based on pre-existing stuff. It's just completely original. Uh, it used to be a weekly one, but uh, I've hit a bit of writer's block the last little while. So it's now been like twice a month. I was going to say weekly. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, we're up to 67 episodes. So that's 67 fairy tales out there for you to listen to if you want to. <laughs> so, Unwanted Children of Children. So this is, we're playing the fairy tale RPG here. Uh, what got you into fairy tales, Scott? What is it about fairy tales that is 
what makes a fairy tale a fairy tale versus uh, any other form of storytelling? Oh, that's a couple of questions yeah. to go through. What got me into it was as a gay man, I watched Into the Woods way too late in life. <laughs> and then when I got into it, I just could not get back out. I've always been into fantasy. Uh, but what makes fairy tales fairy tales is archetypes. These are stories that were passed down mostly by women. Uh, they're mostly known from by the Grimm brothers, but the Grimm brothers actually just sent women out into the world to collect stories mostly from other women uh, and then wrote them down and uh, put their masculine touches on them. And took credit for the whole damn thing. God damn it. Of course they did. <laughs> Tale as old as time. But the archetypes that exist within the stories are so much fun to play with because when I mention a witch, everyone knows what I'm talking about and then I can twist it. And my stories tend to be very, uh, very feminist, very, uh, I, I deal with gender and sexuality in much more modern ways than fairy tales do, but everyone still dies at the end. So like our show, <laughs> what's hope, truly important. Well, hopefully this will turn out a little better for our bride. Does anyone else imagine Unlikely. the Grimm brothers, like just having a Charlie's Angels-esque kind of situation? <laughs> 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 Hello sisters, today you're going to deepest Bavaria. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what they did. So the, um... Uh, the Bluebeard's Bride, in particular, though, is not just being a fairy tale. It's also uh, rooted in feminine horror, uh, a subgenre of horror, different from slashers and jump scares and gore and all that other stuff. Uh, if you're curious on other examples, I mean, Crimson Peak is probably the best example for us uh, for today's uh, uh theme um the handmaid's tale fits in there lots of gothic literature uh and uh, the rebooted 2018 version of halloween one of the interesting things i've been reading about how they've revised halloween is by dropping it into this kind of genre it's a very very scary genre it's uh the sense of drowning is what it was ex uh, explained to me uh this unlike other subgenres of horror it's about you and your supposed inadequacies in the world around you or what the world expects of you. And it's not something that you can escape from uh, because it's you. Well, and it's, it's all about the loss of control and the loss of agency and the idea that no one else thinks anything is wrong. Mm -hmm. which, um, you know, for female listeners out there and maybe male listeners have seen some of this, if you've ever been like a woman with some sort of difficult to diagnose problem, even in our, our like current day system, a lot of times they're like, oh, it's probably just cramps. Like, why don't you like the, the amount of times that women are misdiagnosed as being like whiny still to this day is, is huge. Right. So it's it's this idea of a loss of control. And then you're saying to people like, I feel like I'm losing control and I feel like things are wrong and people being like, oh, that's nice, honey. And that, that's it, and that's all you're ever going to get. This podcast does seem very, this entire game seems very much seated in the sort of medical history of hysteria. Mm -hmm, the idea mm -hmm. that pretty much any problem a woman had was to do with her womb just strolling around her insides and going to places it shouldn't be. That doesn't happen, right? Well, endometriosis, I guess. <laughs> oh my God, right? what the mind? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but interestingly, the way I used to treat that was through a manual uh, massage to paroxysm and uh, that's why they invented the vibrator because doctors were getting carpal tunnel they had a lot actually, of hypochondriac ladies coming in tale as old as time <laughs> and before we get 
started on Bluebeard's Bride, I do want to warn you, the listener. This is a game dealing with, uh, well, it's it, the genre is feminine horror, and it deals with some very uh, heavy topics on agency and violence and sexual violence. And if these are just things that are just not your thing that you want to listen to or be subjected to listening to this podcast, I can't give a trigger warning for every single thing that's going to happen because we're going to improvise some of this stuff. And that's why we have an X card at the table for the players to keep us safe and to enjoy ourselves. And I'll... I'll reintroduce the X card in a moment, but I can't give you an X card if you're listening. Just so to be safe. go and listen to yeah. these other podcasts mm-hmm. for this month and return to us in November for Star Trek Adventures and it'll be fine. <laughs> but for me, this is a game I have wanted to try and play. Uh, something I have been reading about and following its development and have admired the writers. Uh, uh, Sarah Richardson, uh, who we interviewed back at... Uh, Breakout Con, uh, who helped uh, co-write this uh, along with, uh, I know Strix, and I also want to give like her full name, uh, Whitney Beltran and Marissa Kelly. Uh, the three of them co-wrote Bluebeard's Bride, and is um, it's a game I have admired from afar and have wanted to play. So uh, full disclosure, we already did that, and two <laughs> weeks ago we played Bluebeard's Bride, and. Uh, I wasn't happy with it. Narrator voice. It didn't go well. (laughs) It went went fine. It went fine. I'm exaggerating. Patreon supporters can check out our page where I'm posting the, by the end of this month, uh, the unedited full four hours of that first game playthrough. And the reason I'm going to wait to the end of the month is we're probably going to remix some of those details tonight. But the, uh, the game didn't go badly and certainly if it was just for a play group i would have been happy with how that evening went um but for the purpose of presenting on a podcast i walked away going i can do better than this uh i didn't feel like i had helped teach the 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 rules of the game and the mechanics of that and as a groundskeeper whose role is to populate the mansion with non-player characters and help create the rooms i i could have done better with that too so i'm gonna give it a second go and uh with all that performance anxiety of this comes out very soon yeah in two days so also adding to the horror patreon is extremely important and we want to thank everyone who supports Patreon, but keep your goddamn mouth shuts about the jokes we're going to repeat. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Sarah Richardson, love her HGTV program. <laughs> that was funny that two weeks ago. Fresh, yeah. No, that is a fresh joke. And I don't know what you're talking about. Stop it. Erotic mouse taxidermy. <laughs> so that's all we're going to say, guys. Another interesting side, though, for like, how are the hell are we doing this as a role-playing game and a tabletop role-playing game is uh, we are all playing one character, one shared character, the bride. Well, you are. I'm playing the groundskeeper. You will all be playing the bride who has recently been married. And we'll explain the we'll, – don't worry. We'll get to Bluebeard if you haven't – if you don't know the story. You can stop frantically um, Googling. It's fine. You don't we'll have to there. do that. We <laughs> will – every game begins with a story. We will read that story to you. Uh, as – the way they handled that is you will each be choosing uh, from this pile in front uh, the sisters, the aspects that make up the bride. Um, they are that internal dialogue that you have of, should I do this? Should I not do this? That angel and devil on your shoulder kind of thing, that 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 fighting with yourself. That's who these people are. And you're going to be playing one aspect of that. Here now in the center of the table, uh, you are responsible for this character sheet, which is the bride. Uh, and so we'll, uh, 
carry that around, try not to light it on fire on the candle I've got. <laughs> and uh, we will um, we'll move through uh, the different rules of the game and the moves. But every game of Bluebeard's Bride begins with a story. And am I reading the story today, Scott, or would you like to tell the tale? You know what? Now, this story has been told many times, many ways, with many uh, variances as we go. But we're going to be looking at the core of it. So, once upon a time, there was a man with a blue beard. He lived in a large castle. A very, He was a very prominent man. This castle had everything anyone could possibly ever want. And he had several brides. They kept disappearing, one after the other, and no one knew whatever happened to them. Now, down in the valley beneath this castle, there was a poor family. Uh, the family had three sisters, the youngest of which was soon to become a bride. Bluebeard came looking for another wife, and he saw this young girl in the field and took a liking to her. And because her family was so destitute, she could not find a way to turn him down. So he brought her up to the castle and married her. But before they could consummate their relationship, he was called away. And so on the night that he went away, he came to his new bride and said, Here are the keys to every room in the castle. Please explore, find out where you live, become comfortable here. But the smallest key goes to a small room in the basement, and you are not allowed to go through that door. So of course he goes off on his journey and she investigates this castle. She lives her life, she goes... She does everything she needs to in that time, but she cannot forget about that one small room down in the basement. Of course, eventually her curiosity gets the better of her, and she goes down. She slips the tiny key into the lock and opens the door, and inside, the floor is caked with blood. Hanging from hooks on the walls are the headless bodies of the previous brides. This shocks this young new bride so much that she drops the keys, and the blood on the ground splatters across the keys. She picks up the keys and runs, closing the door behind her. But when she gets upstairs, she notices the blood, and she tries to wash it away from the keys. But it won't go. She does everything she can for days, trying to get those keys clean, but the stain remains. Finally, her husband, Bluebeard, returns. At first, he doesn't say anything about the keys. They have dinner. They go to bed. The next morning, she thinks, oh, geez, maybe he's not going to ask about them at all. But then later that day, he turns to his wife and says, can I have those keys back? And she has no choice but to hand them over. He immediately sees that the smallest key is stained with blood. Now, here's where the tellings diverge. Uh, in some stories, this is where rescue comes. She'd been spending some time alone, and so she'd called for her family to come and spend some time with her because this, this huge castle scared the bride. And they come, and they're there in time to, to save her, to give her whatever she needs to kill Bluebeard and allow her to inherit everything and go on about her life, burying the brides properly in the field. But in most of the tellings, she runs to the window and no one comes. Except for her husband, who has taken up an axe from the wall and then leads her outside to a stone and takes away her head. And then she finds a space in that same room in the basement. 
metal. <laughs> so I expect things will not go as well for you as it did for her. Wait, not I, that went well. <laughs> That beheading, is just beheading one, is relatively painless. That is just one point. version of the fairy tale, and tonight we'll be exploring our own. We have uh, selected in advance. There are five sisters aspects to choose from. There's only four of us, so one won't be used uh, in advance. The four of you have chosen who you're going to be playing. There is a uh, beside the name a little blurb. I'd like you to introduce yourself. And then we have some questions to answer uh, about our wedding day before we can actually begin our game. And that'll be our first episode is this uh, preparation phase, which is part of the game. It is still part. So, I mean, we can begin uh, uh, last time we played. It was a bit of a sh are we playing yet? Are we role playing yet? Yes, we are. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, we will introduce these characters to each other. We'll build our bonds, uh, but we just won't be exploring any rooms until the next episode. So, uh, Scott, uh, who are you going to be playing tonight? I'm going to be playing the mother. You walk with authority. Others ache for your approval and long for you to soothe their wounds. So she's the Janeway. She's the, <laughs> she's the Janeway. She's, she's taking on all the emotional labor of the others, certainly. But the mother is also um, the discipline of the group as well, uh, not just taking on uh, 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 and, and looking out for everyone as the mother hen, but also uh, keeping people in their place when they step out of line and that they are following through with their expectations and for the betterment of the family. And even the family of the sisters, the family that you've left behind for your wedding and this new family you've been married into. So uh, the mother is, I mean, quite naturally in a leadership position, mm -hmm. um, but also takes on a lot of... Um, depending on the face you choose, uh, taking on trauma to protect the others, right? The, the the mother acting as the shield against the others so that they don't have to face the horrors of this world. Uh, uh, you'd be like the the sensor bar. Cover it up. <laughs> We're going to break you. Keep the <laughs> <laughs> and that's called shattering in this game. <laughs> yep. So, Ash, who are you playing? I'll be playing the Fatal. Mm. So the character description is, you drip sensuality from your lips. Others watch your every move and crave for you to take control. So I'm going to be playing this character as somewhere between uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character in Cruel Intentions and 16-year-old <laughs> me who really, really wanted to be Sarah Michelle Gellar's character in Cruel Intentions, but on the front of a cradle of filth cover. Is that is that not just what 16-year-old girls no, some want, are, because like that was me also. Some are nice. I think you and me might be aberrations. <laughs> <laughs> or a different kind of cruel. <laughs> Nick. So I'm playing the witch. You braid magic from shadow and blood. Others desire a taste of your sin and pray for your undoing. And the witch is in some sides uh, the opposite coin, but from the same coin of the, uh, the mother. Uh, also a leadership position, depending uh, on how you want to play. But as the witch is a connection to the supernatural and to the horrors and to the weird stuff that happens uh, in, in the world around us. I'm going to be playing it as a very manipulative character. So like the Fatal, for example, in my mind would be the character that would be very much so manipulating people to do kind of, you know, what she wants. Whereas the witch is manipulating them to do things that is the darker, darker, darker version of the Fatal. So when there's mm -hmm. no kind of sexual element, it's just trying to fuck people up. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. 
Chaotic. Chaos reigns. Speaking. What does yeah, the there you go. say? <laughs> I mean, in that sense, it seems appropriate for Bree's turn. Hi. <laughs> um, so I'm going to play the virgin. Yeah, I can hear you laughing. Uh, <laughs> you see beauty where there is none. Others seek comfort in your warmth and delight in your obedience. Um, and the reason I decided to play the virgin today was I thought I was being very original. And then Justin gave me a look and was like, nope, you've already done this. Um, is I really want to play a character that is just so enamored with the idea of Bluebeard, like to the self-destructive, just like terrible point, right? So like this does character- Does that mirror is... your relationship with Justin? Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no it actually mirrors um, one of my characters from another game that we played. Um, Dirk in 7th oh, no. C yes. is uh, very self-destructive, like super into things. And like we actually have a- and we have a private seventh C game that we're playing. So obviously I'm playing Dirk and uh, he's gone just like full self-destructive post our he recording game. He, he goes like full self-destructive in that. And now I just realized I'm doing exactly the same thing again right now. Womp womp. <laughs> so if we combine our two characters, I feel like we've got teenage me and maybe teenage you. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, well, and so the... the And also just Dirk. <laughs> Mechanically, the witch and the mother kind of oppose each other in their roles, and the virgin, the fatal as well. I always feel like the animus is the odd one out whenever I yeah. read the character sheets. Well, the, well and it is, because the animus who we're not playing today is the masculine aspect of the fatal. And um, and yeah, and it is sort of the, the sister who's supposed the animus, to feel like they don't have a the connection animus to the animus reminds others. me of the the person who's always like, when you're like, okay, we're going to play D&D, and they're like, I'm a barbarian, and you're all going to have to stand behind me in every fight because yep. I'm going to be like rushing into like Leroy Jenkins yep. everything, right? I had and great that's, fun playing the animus. And I could see the, the other game. sisters having a hard time relating to the animus and the animus's motivations because the rest of them are all, you know, quite femme presenting where the animus is by their very nature not well i quite like that because when so. i was playing it at the last game there was um kind of a sense of like the other characters were all trying to like use feminine wilds to move the game forward whereas i was just being take a shit and being like woo bricks you know <laughs> and it was um it was nice to kind of have, be able to kind of like trip up the other players and really stretch your character acting you know <laughs> Well, and the animus was also a tool we used so that we could pass the ring to you because we yep. knew you could get shit done. Yeah, whereas so, we don't have that. You don't this time. have that this time. Interesting. I don't know, mommy. You've you chosen help. a more. Mm, you've chosen a more vulnerable bride. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this thing that just happened at the table. I don't and like the, it. The, the, the role of the ring will be played by a class ring from two thousand and three. So yeah, that's just the the only Hello. physical ring I've. We're got. old. So, <laughs> the um. The, the game here starts with our wedding prep. Uh, each of the sisters has questions to answer, and we're going to go through these answers together, uh, and I'll be taking notes as we go through, um, and we'll begin uh, in a different direction than we did last time. Uh, we'll start with the Virgin this time. Oh, no. So it's your wedding day, sister. Um, we have uh, what's the, what's the first question there under wedding prep that you have? What do the bride's eyes look like? What do the bride's eyes look like? Um, so I've decided that there uh, she has very like wide eyes that are a little too large for her face, um, and uh, they're bright green because I have green dice and mm -hmm. I am original. And the second, the follow up question to that: How do others know you want them when they gaze into your eyes? 
Um, and I decided it's going to be like fervored, intense eye contact, like a la an anime character being like, Senpai, notice me. So the, the next one here uh, will go to the witch. Um, you have uh, two questions about your physical nature. What is the bride's hair like? And mm-hmm. how do others like you to wear it? So I went with, it's kind of a slightly reddish blonde and others like me to wear it up. And like how up, how tight? Not very tight. Like Just kind of up, but kind of loose-ish. Ornate. Ornate? Yeah. What do you mean by like, ornate? So like lots of like braids. Lots of little braids, like yeah. fiddly. Lots of fiddly shit. But not like 90s style, like where they're talking. Not like 90s, lots <laughs> no, of braids. I think, no, I'm thinking like Instagram influencer, yeah. like now, right? <laughs> where they're all, like, they're all like Dutch braids and they're very intricate. Mm-hmm. Well, not like, was it Bjork who had the hair up in the tiny little balls? That's what I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, no, no. No, not like, not like, not like mini box braids. Like not well, like. Oh, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> People like it in cornrows. No, it's up and kind of uh, ornate. Lots of work's gone into it and it's very precariously positioned and that's how others like to keep your hair done so is that something that you have learned to braid yourself no i need a lot of help yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you have uh, members of the family yeah uh who, who who braid your hair and keep you up is it because your hair if it's left natural is uh all over the place no it's quite nice when it's down it's just straight but when it's up it looks really beautiful because it's all like glistening it makes my head look huge Make make my neck look nice. Okay. Uh, Fatal. Hello. I think yours is about lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does the bride's mouth look like? So I said that she has slightly petulant lips. So she look when she smiles, she looks kind of... She doesn't look her best. She looks her best when she's pouting, which she does naturally. Mm. And the follow-up question. Um, how do people keep her quiet? They ignore her because she's a woman. (laughs) Easy peasy. So they don't so much keep you quiet as they just don't hear you. Well, if no one's listening, you'll shut up eventually. Well, it's a theory everyone else is trying. It hasn't worked for this character yet, but you know. Is this a part also of uh, growing up as the youngest child? Very likely. You would have just been like no one at home would even know you're in the room half the time. You're trying to share your stories and you're trying to talk with them and they're all moving above you and moving around you i'm also seeing these characters having to be very sort of being the run to the family has to be quite manipulate manipulative to get by you know can't use strength against their siblings so has to use kind of mean manipulative tactics and probably has burnt a couple bridges so the odds are that they probably just ignore the shit she says now okay last but not least our mother so what is the bride's figure like and the bride's figure like is very rectangular uh it's pretty much the same from the shoulders to the waist to the hips uh very boyish she's always felt and she's always been self-conscious very broad-shouldered no not necessarily broad-shouldered but just the waist is the same width so it's just straight up and straight down uh and so what do others wish was different about it of course they want curves because curves say woman curves say someone who's going to be a good mother curves say someone who's going to be healthy breeding stock dark so does that then go into (laughs) do they do the clothes then that you're put into are done to cinch and move and kind of force your body into 
having shape that it doesn't have. Yeah, so I don't think cinching is going to work terribly well with her, but adding extra fabric around the bustle and so forth to give Just the extra illusion. padding. Yeah. It would explain the big hair too, kind of creating, kind of, hey, look up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've watched RuPaul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were ready with that padding <laughs> reference. Damn. <laughs> uh, Can I get an Alyssa Edwards like tongue click? Just like... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, everyone else, everyone else figured it out. All right. Um, it sounds a little bit more hereditary than I'd like it to that hereditary, yeah. So, which, uh, what are you leaving behind from your provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride? The secret power I had over the family. The secret power you had over the family. What was your secret power? Well, because I was the youngest, I would, um, I got an awful lot more, like I was allowed to get away with an awful lot more than I would than I think my older siblings were. And you I, were always ignored, as we've heard from the Fatal. No one would listen to you. Oh, but you so. can get away with so much yeah, and, and no one's and, looking. And that anonymity is power. Yeah, they would like, I was kind of like partially ignored, but also kind of like, oh, well, the, she's the baby. Now your every move is going to be watched. Yeah. You're not going to be able to get away with anything. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty much uh, the power I had over the family was kind of quiet manipulation. So I'm 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 actually I was writing down secret power, but I, if you hand me the eraser over there, I'm just gonna write it down. I'm I'm changing it to anonymity. Because that's really what it is. That's so I don't forget. Um Mother, what are you leaving behind from your provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride? It's going to be the goat pen. Uh, because as the youngest child, she didn't get the chance to raise any of her siblings or anything, even though she would have loved to. She'd have done a better job than everyone else. But she has raised these goats, uh, and it's really been the task that has oh, just uh, been her domain. The animal babies. They're animal babies, and they're adorable. Baby goats are the cutest uh, thing ever. They're cat horses. They're amazing. They're amazing. And she loves them so much. Oh, that's too bad. Just You're never going to see them again. Yeah. Well, let's see what they serve at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so upset that we're playing with the mother. Just like sidebar, I'm so upset that we're playing with the mother because it was Canadian Thanksgiving yesterday, and I had to sit through like a whole bunch of like family, like the miracle of birth stories. Dun, 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 dun. And I am very solidly like not into any you are, of that. You are well. I'm just, well, at least I am, enough to watch any the I'm miracle of birth videos. I am so easily triggered right now. That's only because we had people here. <laughs> they, they weren't like were set never, up. We're, we're married taken. now, so nine months from now, that's gonna be us. I'm so easily triggered on all of that oh, today. The virgin is ready <laughs> for this. To know. <laughs> when you're wearing that ring, I think shiver from fear is going to happen a lot. <laughs> like a whole bunch. Virgin, what are you leaving behind from your provincial life? Um, I said that we're leaving behind like a, a lack of future, which kind of also comes into the anonymity idea, right? It was, it's the, the, negative side of anonymity right you can kind of get away with everything but also because no one cares about you but also nobody really cares about you so that that so it directionlessness felt, it, it felt yeah it felt like the, it would just be a um it felt like it would be a kind of you know just future down on the farm with like no no prospects and stuck with the family forever and let's let's get out of there let's go to civilization like let's let's do this thing Right. So it's it's um I'm trying to figure out how to put that into a couple words for you so that you're not writing for a small eternity. <laughs> Opportunity. 
Oh, you're getting opportunity. Yeah, you're getting opportunity. It's like leaving behind the, the f- antonym of opportunity, which isn't <laughs> coming to me. But also the, the the freedom to choose whatever that future can be. You've also like no, but this is a choice, you, right? You, like there were no choices before, and now this is a choice. Like the it's the idea that the virgin is into it, right? Like there there felt like there was no options before, and now it feels like there are suddenly options. So what is it? It's like listlessness perhaps Mm -hmm. maybe i should pull up a thesaurus and we can (laughs) i like that that idea like the the opposite of having no direction of not knowing what's going to happen next or what's the future is going to be your retirement plan like i don't know what 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 i'm going to be eating next week uh and now you have it's very much like oh boy i can't i can't wait to be plan i can't wait to be tilling the fields when i'm 45 like these same fields now you're (laughs) now you're on a track now you're on a track and you're on a direction and you're heading. What are what are you into there, Nick? Like that's a that's <laughs> a euphemism. Like, Till the fields. <laughs> you'll you'll have you to into? go to podcast for the reason to see. Fatal. What are you leaving behind? So I'm leaving behind the attention from the boys in my small village, where I was I was much more sophisticated than them. Ofs. So. Uh, now I'm going to be the least sophisticated. In, in the way that only a teenage girl oh, yeah, can believe much more they sophisticated. are. <laughs> Uh, I wear my hair up. Just saying, guys. Super sophisto. So I'm leaving behind the attention of the neighborhood boys. And all of a sudden, I'm the naive one. I'm not the one in control of everything. So that's yeah. pretty scary. But I'm excited, too. Uh, which, when you first met, what loving gesture did Bluebeard make that won you over? He defended me in an argument. What was the argument he was defending you in? It was about field tilling. <laughs> <laughs> One so, of the two topics of conversation uh, in our village. I am personally attacked. <laughs> I'll, I'll want you to explain a little more. So we were talking about farming and he had come to visit and I spoke up and my older brother told me to shut up and Bluebeard defended me. And said, no, let her talk. Oh, so when, when they were all ignoring and... yeah. Pretending like you weren't there, uh, it was this moment where it was like, no, put the spotlight and let 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 her talk, let her share the experience. He that seemed she has. genuinely interested in what I had to say. Uh, Fatal, what did Bluebeard do? Very similar. So what I said was that he argued with me like an equal. So I guess once he let me have my say, not only did he just smile politely, he then had a rebuttal, as if I was someone worth having a conversation with. And for someone who's so used to just being talked over to have someone who is like both from the witch's story and now yours, this very moment of like direct attention. So I'm seeing her as someone who's used to being ignored by her family and sort of followed around doe-eyed by the boys. So there's never a peer. There's dominance yeah. and there's complete being ignored. Yeah. So yeah. someone meeting her on her level is very attractive. Yeah. Oh, this is what it means to match wits. <laughs> Uh, mother. So when he was walking away from uh, from that first meeting, uh, he stopped beside some of the gravestones from the family, and uh, we weren't always the youngest sibling. There was there was a boy who lived to be about age two whose name was Gil, and Bluebeard stopped at that grave and seemed to look sad. And that empathy, I just did it for me. <laughs> yeah. 
Mama Especially Eli. since <laughs> you're all about like those baby goats too. Is this a bit oh like God. you know you're looking after these goats because you never had a little brother to look after? Well, I yeah. did for two years until yeah. he died. Aww. Yeah, and he was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a podcast on the Donner Party earlier. I'm just saying. <laughs> Virgin, what did Hi. Bluebeard win you over? Um, I mean, I think he came in and wasn't just uh. You know, with with this whole this whole event that happened right with the um, the argument, the looking at the grave and everything, he came in and it wasn't just a case of all right, I've come into your house and let me see what y'all are doing up in here, right? It was he also brought things from the outside world, right? Like he brought outside ingredients to be cooked with and was into telling everyone what to do with them, things that we'd never seen before. Like, yeah, all of a sudden, like, oh, worldliness. <laughs> yes, the, this like this worldliness, and also the idea that, um, you know, so he brought the worldliness, but then he wasn't afraid to share it. It wasn't this thing that was just out of grasp. He's almost as yeah. sophisticated as we are. Whoa. I have all <laughs> of these, <Sister. laughs> all of these things, and they can be yours. Ooh. Um, Everything the light touches, Simba. <laughs> Nothing the light touches so, see in this house. <laughs> While it happened quite suddenly and the family pressured you in, it sounds like you were all kind of okay with this when the proposal came from Bluebeard. In I mean, mud farming it. is fun, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so as it comes time to the wedding, before the wedding, um, the bride presented a number of gifts to her husband-to-be. And each of you, as sisters, presented one gift uh, that represents you uh, as a sister and also from the bride for Bluebeard. Um, so who hasn't gone first? Because we've done three. Who didn't go first yet? I don't think Is I have. The mother? So mother, what gift did you present to Bluebeard before the wedding? And why this gift did you choose? Well, it was embroidery. and it it shows uh myself in the foreground uh with bluebeard standing protectively behind me and all around the edges is like stork imagery Uh uh-oh hint motherfucking hint (laughs) very strong hint thanks i hate it (laughs) (laughs) you and me are gonna be the same side for this because you want the baby and i want the baby making process so so triggered today And I want why why did you present this gift? Because that's what I see this pairing as. For me, marriage is okay. Let's start spitting out kids and let's raise them to be the next generation. The virgin wants you to shatter like, <laughs> right now. I'm so. I wish there was a visual aspect to this podcast because I'm so easily triggered right now. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm a ah. woman. What's the other point of me? Ah. <laughs> yeah, Dropped excluder. There is an X card if we go a little too far. I will not. I refuse. <laughs> Our version is very squinced up right now. The um, Have I not explained the... I haven't explained the X card yet oh, on, on taping. This is a good time to do this it. This is a good time to take it aside. So we are playing with an X card. At the center of the table is a card with an X marked down to it. Uh, the X card was... I'm just going to flip over to the page here that they have in the manual so I can credit the inventor of the X card properly. Uh, is a safety tool. Um, I actually first saw it used uh, in, in, in widespread use at Breakout Con. Um, John Stavropoulos uh, invented the X card. And 
all it is is at any time in the game, if something goes too far or you're not having fun with it or you don't like this or it triggers you and the just tap the card, will identify what it is. There'll be no questions to asking why or any judgment cast. We will just identify the issue at hand and whether we are, are we fading to black, are we just moving on, or are we retconning and writing it back and doing something else instead? Um, it's not an admonishment. It's not um, criticism. It, no one's going to be uh, punished for using the X card, and no one is being punished for having the X card used against something that they have brought in. It's just a tool to help us keep having fun and to keep it moving, moving forward. So if anything happens where it just halts it because it's like, no, that's too far, use the X card, take a step back and then go back in with something else. And I'd also like to point out that we're playing an era and we're playing an archetype. So uh, my views of a woman and her role in the world is going to be going through this thing of the mother. That is the mother. Which is very different. Which is not Scott Thrower. Yes. (laughs) So the uh, uh, next here, uh, I feel the Virgin is really ready to hand over this gift now after this embroidery stork imagery is I mean in. I mean look since we're all being like real original uh, up in here go go listen to Patreon um since we're all being real original up in here I think I'm going to go with the lock of hair which is a uh, very let's be like super realistic here it's this real ownershipy <laughs> like i'll go i'll go straight to that point like why don't still be all we have to give <laughs> it was that or goat hair guys <laughs> how was the lock of hair presented um, with a, uh, probably with a, a braided um, embroidery thread, like, you know, like those 90s friendship bracelets mm-hmm. that, that you were supposed to have like braided onto your arm and then it, to take them off, you would like cut them off like that, right? And very elaborate and very uh, hastily, but well done. Because I mean, it's not like we got a whole lot of time to plan this. And is that why you chose it? Just time and what, resources what i had on hand yo. <laughs> <laughs> you just pull the hair right off your head and it's a gift well and <laughs> it's a gift now what up <laughs> um and i mean it also is a very like y- you know here is a piece of me if you're into if you're into any of that like chaos magic or anything mm-hmm. right like this is a piece of you and that's very um, it's very powerful. It's good, but it's no ideas. jar of urine. Witch. <laughs> Which well, is also good for medicine. We'll, we'll pivot to the witch. Uh, the virgin hands over a piece of yourself as a as a gift, as a bride. What, um, witch? what is your present to Bluebeard? I can... And you can also, I know you've all written these things in advance because we all didn't want to feel like we were improvising. You can absolutely take another person's gift and be like, and also it had this on it. Oh. Right? So uh, I saw a play test where it was... Um, uh, it was cuffs that were handed, and then the follow-up was how the cuffs were put on, and it was kind of changed around. So, just saying, uh, you're open to you're all still one character. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I cut you off, which, and I apologize. So the um, the the hair attaches to two nipple clumps. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I got him a bridle a bridle for his horse. Yeah, I, I, I would have X carded. <laughs> Just I has like, a terrible history like, with nipple slumps. I like the amount of silence around the table <laughs> where we were all like, "Really? What does it, what does it mean?" <laughs> and so no, this I got a might bridal be a good time horse. to talk about buy-in. Uh, so <laughs> the, uh, we have. Uh, uh, tell me again what your gift is. A bridle for his horse. A bridle for his horse. Yeah, because of the pun. No. Bridle. Oh, like, <laughs> you calling me a whore? <laughs> so no, no, no. why why a horse bridle? Because. Uh, 
his horse looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought maybe it would be a nice. It w- it's thing. one of the fanciest, most beautiful horses and bridles in the land. But if he had my bridle, it'd be my bridle. This one is safer. This one is is not just fancy. It actually is it's going functional. to keep him on the horse. So also, it is embroidered. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to keep this dude safe if this is now my husband. I mean, I've got a family to build. He's got to survive that. Or at least mm-hmm. part of it. Also, that is a handcrafted bridle. Like, you look at that, and you're like, damn, that man is married to someone who embroiders. <laughs> made, out of, made out of my little brother what was left over after the soup. Mm-hmm. Very soft leather. So, Fatal, um, you just handed over a horse bridle mm-hmm. as your wedding gift. What, what, did, what did you get, Bluebeard, for your wedding well, I kept it simple, guys. I gave, got him one very passionate kiss. That's what I gave him. Was the family there? Like, Maybe a little. <laughs> Again, I'm used to them ignoring me. I feel me. like that's a yes or no question instead of a little. Like, <laughs> Again, they rarely, how are they a little there? <laughs> they rarely pay any attention to me. Why did you choose Call to give Bluebeard a She's given us socks, didn't she love <laughs> Because I'm really good at kissing and haven't really practiced much of anything else. But I want him to think I'm really. It seemed like a very sophisticated grown-up thing to do. Oh, so you're you're showing like I'm ready for. Yeah. I'm ready for everything that's gonna I'll happen be a, next. I'll be a good wife to you. Yeah. And the mother held the virgin back the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like into it. Um, <laughs> I like the concept that the bride is like, oh yeah, let me give you this excellent kiss, and it's actually terrible. Like, I love <laughs> like that oh, wait, she does the washing machine with the tongue. <laughs> Yeah. Like around like their teeth clank and like it's bad <laughs> and he wasn't prepared yeah and then she's just like yeah there's more yeah, of that. about that there's more of that <laughs> and he's just like good god business trip business trip <laughs> <laughs> one last question here for each of you um and we'll we'll start with the virgin who's into the kiss uh do you trust bluebeard your generous husband or do you hold unkind suspicions? Why is that? I just wrote in all very large caps on my sheet. Yes, husbands are good. <laughs> I have a very like childlike perception of like, yes, this is my husband and I am into it and I am ready to be married. And if I'm going to marry this man, I'd better trust him. So you so do. Let's do it. You do. Yes. You're, you're in 100%. Full buy-in. Like 100%. Which... Do you trust Bluebeard? No, I don't trust him at all, but I don't trust anyone. You don't trust anyone? Yeah, but I would like, I don't have any evidence yet, except for that blood-covered key thing he always has on him. It's pretty weird. Uh, but uh, but no, I have no evidence about it, but I want to, I'm suspicious and I want to basically pry into everything and find fault with him. Fatal? I trust him now, but I suspect once he has had me and he's used to me, I'm going to have to work a lot harder. And mother, I don't trust him because I've heard about all of these uh, other women, and I lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. So I'm I'm suspicious, but I also am convinced. Wait, you, I can your little brother him. died. No one killed him. One little brother died. If nine or ten of them did, I'd be a little more nervous. But I can fix him. I mean, typhoid and yeah. <laughs> dysentery is a I fickle like mistress. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be fine though. You oh, just I'll be get, fine because I can fix him. You, you need to give him, him some yeah. airs, and everything will be fine. Yeah. All right. I so, team up, sister. So you you hold some this unkind some suspicions. Bullshit up in here. Oh, absolutely. I love Blue it. Beard. 
none of the others. All the others were like, no, those are just unpractical. Just, I mean, just unfortunate circumstances. You need to survive long enough to give him an heir, then you're locked in, right? <laughs> an heir, a male heir, preferably, so that they can inherit. Oh, I said an heir. I just, women don't count. Okay, fair, fair. But God, yeah. that's just another mouth to feed. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, po- to make. Political alliances. Come on now. Oh, that's true. So we have the sisterly bonds of the last bit. We now got our connection to the world around us uh, and to your connection to the bride and your connection to your husband. Now we need to know what your connections are to each other. Uh, each of you has a, a sentence at the beginning that is general that relates to all of the sisters and then two more blanks that will connect you to one of them. Uh, and ideally, between the four of us, everyone will be connected to at least one of the other sisters with their stories. Um, so the uh, we'll start with the witch. Uh, go ahead and read out your sisterly bonds, and we'll do we'll do one, and then we'll come back and do your second one after you get a chance to hear what everyone else's responses are. Sure. Your sisters are not nearly as important as power, but the virgin is a useful tool. So explain how they helped your pursuit of blasphemous crafts. So she's very helpful because people trust her innocence. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a time where you Into used it. the virgin then. Like, is, Into it, it. is it just you send the virgin in? Uh, yeah, so like... And you're sitting there in the back seat. If kind people of... meet us, meet us first, the virgin is the first thing that they're going to see because I'm young and beautiful. Like, you know, like myself, Nick. Um, and it's uh yeah she's young and beautiful and people see her and see her as being the youngest and the most innocent of the people who are around and because mm-hmm. of that they don't automatically assume she's going to do negative things which gives me an opening to use my power virgin how do you feel about the witch using you like this I mean, as a player, I'm into it, but uh, what I, <laughs> look, what I've written down on my sheet is this very opposite of that. Can I do yeah. my first yes, one? Because it course. goes real well. It says, you trust your sisters for the most part, but the witch blackens your innocence with every word. Explain how she became <laughs> your enemy. <laughs> so Shit, I, she's onto me. <laughs> so I said, um, you know, not only does she not trust our new husband who i am very very into but she's actively trying to find fault with him mm-hmm. which is going to which is not a good thing for a marriage right. yeah it has to begin with trust yeah yeah we need a bedrock of, of just unproven unmitigated trust that he did nothing to receive let's like the way need. a fangirl trusts a justin bieber yeah, character yeah my look my don't you say anything bad about my husbando here like let's <laughs> <laughs> I think Fatal agrees. Is it obvious that I've been watching anime like all week right now? <laughs> Aren't you always watching anime all week? I mean, You're yes, watching but on like, your phone right now. But like, <laughs> especially yeah, can you get your head back in the game and stop watching anime on your phone while we're I'm, playing? I have almost caught up on My Hero Academia. Come Wait, on. Where's that tentacle going? <laughs> Fatal. Your sisters are who they are, boring and predictable, but the Virgin has no idea of one's true plot power. Explain why you wish to teach her. So, not to throw shade, but I feel like the Virgin is holding us back from having a lot of fun. Agreed. This innocent <laughs> thing is it's it's gonna it's gonna spoil it. We we need to be really something needs to be done about that Virgin. We need to be super <laughs> sophisto. We need to be really sophisto and like keep our heads about us. We can have a sophisto lot of... for the husbando. Exactly. <laughs> we need to be really sophisticated and attractive to him. This whole like doe-eyed thing is not gonna work. He is a man of the You're world. You're gonna have to put out. 
Mm, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And put out well. I mean, that kiss was definitely amazing. I touched all of his teeth with my tongue. Guys love that. Even the spongy one at the back? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all of them. That's what guys like. That's what old Nan told me. Oh, dear. Mother? Okay. We're all picking on the virgin here. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm into it. You know best you and this. try to guide your wayward sisters, but the virgin irritates you with their obstinance. <laughs> Explain a time they undermined your authority. The candle maker in town has a son. Let me count the ways. Yeah. <laughs> and that candle oh, maker candle son, maker son is eventually going to inherit the business, which is a nice, solid way to make a living. Mm-hmm. And frankly, he's a dude. He needs to marry someone. It's so interesting that the virgin was all like, I'm leaving behind. There's no futures or directions or anything to be done. Meanwhile, you're over here going like, no, there is a strategy here. And it was, what's yeah. the name of the candle maker's son? All the candles you could eat. Simon. <laughs> so Simon. Simon. Simon was your strategy. Simon was my strategy. I, okay. He, screw he, Simon, he but looks, not actually. Don't screw Simon. <laughs> he looks like a very dumb man. I think he was kicked by a horse. But once he inherits that business, that's money for the yeah. rest of our lives. His face definitely looks like he was kicked by a you horse. You don't need both eyes to make candles, guys. <laughs> you don't need the face yeah, to make like, babies. Yeah, but I want both eyes in my husband. Though. Like, I don't know what you're... Candles are on. really helpful for rituals, so I'm So in. it's not that you didn't have any future virgin that you were leaving behind. You just refuse to see the futures. Please stop looking at me like that every time that you, you say future. Like, I can't. Um, yeah, I... Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that is what I say to it that. It just wasn't romantic enough for her. Mm-hmm. Look, have Nothing you seen, have you her seen our high new, standards. have you seen our new husband? Like way better. He's got yeah, both you. eyes, like 10 out of 10. A beard. Indigo dye is like real expensive, mm-hmm. guys. So like, I'm sure he's just like rolling in it. I think that's natural. <gasps> we could breed. Look, we could find out. Mm. We could breed Fatale with blue we... and strawberry blonde hair. Fatal, we could find out. Oh, you're joining my side already. <laughs> yeah. find that was an easy conversion. Of powdered smurf. Right this after, thing costs a fortune. Right after the wedding, you'll certainly know one way or the other. Yes, we will. We'll get you on the way to your goal quick enough, Mother. <laughs> Join us next week for the next installment of Blue Pubes Bride. <laughs> so, Mother, what's your second line? And then we'll just go in reverse. Oh, I didn't read my first one. Oh, uh, you didn't? You did. I thought it was the virgin. Oh, I did. Okay, so yeah. never mind. Please Everyone picked that. the I'm virgin. Stupid. It was obviously... Yeah orchestrated against her okay. we ganged up on the virgin like in a movie i should <laughs> so i i Harry? trust the fatale to have my back because uh she keeps our loins a popping uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and those urges really helped me turn the tide within our brain to uh get us towards some peen uh, yeah i hate everything about this <laughs> <laughs> uh so a time that she supported our, me and my time of need was also with the candle maker's son, Simon. Drop yeah. the hand? No, your business strategy requires there to be sex. Yes. So I mean, I don't need to yeah. be there for the sex. I just want what's after it. Yeah. So uh, the fatale is the one who managed to get Simon to go out back behind the shop. Tasted all of his teeth, too. The ones that were intact still yeah. after the, mm-hmm. the kick to the head. I'm sure Bluebeard's gonna have some people to help teach you that the teeth thing isn't. I almost oh, I spat am water ready, all over willing this microphone, and able. guys. <laughs> also, you're gonna have to get better at blowjobs. You don't put the balls in too. Wait, wait. Let me get pencils. Yep, yep. This is just like for our own marriage. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's learned so much from milking Today goats, I learned. but uh, there are some different techniques. So, Fatal, what's your second line there? After we're learning more about the scandalous candle maker's son. So you try to draw in the mother. With your seductive aura, explain how you hide your insecurities from her. 
through being just a brassy bombastic bitch yeah the mother's kind of acting a little bit like your pimp keeps sending you out into all these adoring boys and you're just kind of uh yeah okay sure this totally is out of your element you don't really know what you're doing you're improvising everything but you put on a strong front for the mother i know that is a mood i know man i know if it gets too real mama's got my back you know i would like to point out the distinction that in the game we're all known as sisters but i am the mother yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah well mother sisters are quite common you're the you're the mother who's wearing like (laughs) apparently like the fur boa over (laughs) here going go that way fatal yeah, you start off an awful lot more wholesome and you're getting <laughs> <laughs> sitting beside me. Yeah. Uh the uh the pimp's embroidery. <laughs> that would be a great I would read, old timey book. I would read that fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, Get on so a we, Patreon we have the supporters. witch and the virgin. Um let's do the witch. Uh so the mother draws evil to her. Explain what you have done to keep her evil at bay. So she threatens to make life boring. Because she's trying to keep it all condensed and have control of strategy, over yeah. And I want things to be chaotic and have because the mother's like, we got, we got the nine months plan, the five year plan, the ten year plan, the yeah. you know, everything's like we got we got the dream board William all sorted out. James. None of that sounded safe, yeah. no, no, none of it at all. And no. that's the whole point. Like, I want chaos wanna... because chaos provides uh opportunities that don't happen when you have a plan. Wait a second, if I was on your side, would I sleep with more than just our husband? Yes. Oh, I'm torn now. I'm just going to keep that one under my hat. Yeah. We're still besties, so. <laughs> Mama. I'll I can't guarantee you ever going to have sex with the human, fickle, fickle, but it would happen. Fickle, fickle, fatal. Sorry, what was that? Nothing. Uh, virgin? <laughs> uh, so I also put the fatal because it says the fatal mm-hmm. often helps you play, trick, play tricks on the others. Explain a time when she was your alley in mischief. Um, Like every time we've gone and kissed a boy when... I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that thing. And she was just like, oh, no, you come with me. Like, so the minute you this. go, you put the fatal in front. And yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that I would definitely be into. Why don't, why don't you go do that? Side I'll, I'm, I'll, I be, have, I'll sit back here and watch. I have a watcher. feeling. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> so as soon as like any of the social anxiety butterflies take over, you just throw the fatal into top gear. And yes. Away she goes. I feel so used and I love it. <laughs> well, without the animus, We're... you're the one who gets stuff done for us. Well, stuff people. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Condoms. <laughs> <laughs> They're about the right shape. <laughs> Not the way Simon makes them. Uh, oh. That horse is pretty lop- strong. They're very lopsided. He only has vision in one eye. <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> so before we end. We're a little over time, but I wanted to get through all of these details of creation before we uh, before we began. Um, we have uh, the wedding that we've attended, and and yes, when you take trauma, uh, there's 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 five hearts on the bottom of your character sheet. When you fill in the fifth one, it's not when all five are fifth filled in and then another. Uh, you take the four. If you shade in that fifth trauma, you shatter. Uh, and when you shatter, you'll turn the page over and we will deal with the rules there. Uh, but suffice it to say, if you shatter or when you shatter, you won't be on Team Bride anymore. Uh, and the last bit uh, before we deal with the wedding is on the back of the bride's sheet is uh, the final room. As we know from the fairy tale that we've been told, there is one room that you are not allowed to visit. And as we collect these tokens, if we fill three in any track, loyal or disloyal, 
uh, we will reach an end state. That the game will be over and we have one last room to deal with. The room that we were told not to visit. Uh, or if everyone shatters. So uh, I'll just give, uh, here, uh, just read the first paragraph under Faithful Outcome. When the bride collects enough evidence to prove her husband's loving intentions as a faithful bride, she must choose to either enter the room or look through the keyhole. And then I will describe, we won't read the rest of that, I'll deal with, with that ending. Uh, but you'll have to make that decision. Do you look through the keyhole or do you enter the room? That's the faithful outcome. I hand that over to the fatal. Fatal, read that first paragraph under the disloyal. I have no idea why you're sending a disloyal one to me. You're just the next in line. Yeah, it's sure. nothing personal. <laughs> when the bride collects enough evidence to prove her husband's malicious intentions as a disloyal bride, she must choose to either present her evidence to the town or run away and stay and start anew. And then I'll describe then what happens. It'll be in the form of questions that I'll be asking you, depending on the outcome that you've chosen. And then finally, if everyone shatters, just that first paragraph. So when the bride shatters completely, her fragmented mind now craves things it didn't before. And she must choose to either become a horror obsessed with bettering herself or a horror that desires to make future brides better. Go around the table and ask yeah. the sisters if the bride That's chooses. it. That's it. And then we'll deal with that next. I, I, we'll keep that page down, though. We'll keep the bride's page up. And we won't. I just wanted you to know that's there. It's an interesting RPG in that it has a closed ending that's already been determined. One of those three will be how this story ends. Mass Effect style. And as you've suspected, none of them are good. <laughs> just like real life. <laughs> what? So <laughs> the wedding day happens. Uh, you're carted away from the farm. Yeah. Um, you're you're picked up and taken to this great cathedral where that you're fitted into this dress that uh, fits you perfectly. Your hair is braided and and ribbons are are, are worked in through the hair. Uh, and all these servants are there working around you and 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 making you presentable for this for this wedding. And uh, you know a veil across your face. Uh, and uh, your, your, your hair all done up with you know, all these, uh, these very expensive fabrics and, and the embroidery that's done in through the, through the dress. And it's, it's very, very expensive. And, uh, uh, and you're brought out into and, this. And important to note, you didn't choose any of it. Nothing. It was literally it was, just It was here when you, you arrived. Yes. It's, it's, it's probably clearly, been used five or six times. It's clearly used. Well, no, this, was, this is made for you. Uh, for for your for your body for this event it's the kind of thing where you're you're being sewn into it as you're being as as you're getting fitted for this this is a this dress will be used one time for this wedding Couture. and yeah. uh, but i'm guessing bluebird gets like a frequent <laughs> <laughs> and, and but all these people are working around you none of them are speaking to you none of them ask your opinion uh you're just into this room you stand on this pedestal and it just all just constructed around you. Try and you try and touch it to like help someone at some point. And get smacked, smacked away. Guys, as someone who's just planned a wedding, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're then. I don't dislike it. <laughs> someone you've never met, uh, 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 a male butler with like white gloved hands, uh, comes down, takes your hand, and leads you out of that room, and you go from that room right into this crowd of sea of people you've never seen before. They're all cheering. Bluebeard is standing there in this great big red you know, uh, 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 
cloak and, and jacket with big metal buttons going down. I mean, he's a merchant and really a red cloak uh, uh, with a blue beard. And <laughs> and 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 his and his blue beard uh, uh, is reflecting off of the golden hour of the day as the sun is hitting it at just the right moment. And uh, and in just this whirlwind of of, of vows and feasts and, and noise and uh, and then as as you meet all these people who want to meet you and and meet your husband, um, you're then brought into this carriage, and uh, and 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 brought off to head home, to your new home. Uh, to to uh, the mansion of Bluebeard, and uh, as you sit there, uh, facing him now as a married couple, um, you haven't actually exchanged any words since the moment you put on this dress, right? Except for the vows during the ceremony, uh, and he, which was definitely a repeat after me situation, mm-hmm. not a. Nope. And now I understand you have written yeah, vows. So just follow, <laughs> no, just follow the script. The, the vows that were mentioned at the wedding did not in any way reflect anything that was embroidered into the, your gift. Uh, these were these were written as part of a greater and bigger and more uh, uh, ancient ceremony. And uh, uh, you're going to embroider a very upset letter about this letter. <laughs> and and he, you sit there across from him in this carriage as you're moving down up the road now, um, flanked by all the servants leaving the cathedral. And uh, and he just sits there. He's looking at you, kind of taking you in, up and down. And uh, and as time there passes in silence, he apologizes that he won't be able to join you tonight at the mansion. Business has been called, and he must leave urgently to deal with this arrangement. And he's, I'm so sorry, my love, I cannot stay. But it is a great home, and it is your home now. And he reaches into that big jacket he had, and he pulls out this ring, this big metal key ring with all these keys across it, every single one of them a unique key. I'll be gone for a few weeks, but take part in the baths, explore, try on all your clothes, uh, see all there is to be done uh, in, 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 this, in this home that is now yours. You're the lady of this house. And he reaches out that small key on his keychain. He says, there is one room that you cannot enter. And I'll know if you did. And he hands you the keychain, places it in your, in your lap. Why is it forbidden? Because I have told you so. And that will be enough for you. Into it. Shut up, virgin. <laughs> I wanted to know, guys. Kill the mood. <laughs> and just He's as that leaving. happens, what mood? the, the car- carriage comes to a kind of abrupt stop. And the, it's now night has set down. The crisp, cold air of the fall that isn't during a heat wave. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm loving the fantasy element. (laughs) As the door opens and another gloved hand from one of the servants, same one from the wedding who who carried you out. And he's fast. And uh, he's got like this a long face and a stern look on. Uh, He doesn't make eye contact with you. Takes your hand, leads you out of the carriage. And as you're being brought up the flagstones to this great big castle, uh, more than just a mansion, it's 
the, the architecture on the outside, but it's kind of hard to see in the failing light all the intricate details that surround. But the lights inside the the windows are warm and open, and uh, and the carriage just moves away off down the road, just turns a bend and is gone, just as the doors to the house open, you're brought inside, and they close behind you. Oh. This and you have very nicely. You're <laughs> still in your wedding dress, and you have your ring of keys. And uh, the servant just walks off down a right to a servant's entrance, and the door closes. And you're okay, left bye. alone in the hallway now. And you can hear movement and work, and you know people moving about the house beyond um, this long, like foyer stairs leading up, and some stairs leading down, and. Uh, no one to tell you where to go. But the last thing Bluebeard told you is you can explore this whole house, except for that one room, of course. Uh, and sure, Fatal, uh, you do start with the ring. Um, you start with the ring not because the mother told you that. You start with the ring because your present was Bluebeard's favorite. Gotcha, bitches. It wasn't just the kiss. <laughs> and the kiss was terrible. <laughs> but it was a willingness to be there to please him. Oh, that was for me, guys. <laughs> and he was into that. Wow. And he, uh, so you have the key, or you have the ring, mm -hmm. and the ring gives you access to some ring moves. There's a page oh, yes. there, uh, things that you can only do when you're in direct control of the bride. Uh, they include things like uh, attacking, any, and a lot of the physical actions for the bride. Uh, but they are all the dice rolls in the game happen when you have the ring. But for now, most importantly at the end of this episode, it also allows us to choose our first room. You just arrived in this mansion. Is there anywhere you'd like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And is there a key on that ring that catches your attention more than any of the others? Hmm. And sisters, you're free to share what you would like to do as well. Just because you don't have the ring doesn't mean you don't have a voice. Yes, if I can recommend, we need to get changed and we need to get this house in order. Bedroom, By the time he bedroom. gets I back. was thinking bedroom version. I was yeah. thinking bedroom. I'm oh. sorry. Well, at least we can get changed there and then we can uh, take control of the servants. I want to see how luxurious the new place that I'm going to lay my head and eventually my wedding bed is going to be. So as you're, how do you, how do you expect to find your bedroom? I assume since it's going to be mine, and Bluebeard's bedroom is mm -hmm. going to be one of the grandest keys. The so. master. Oh, so the so you find the grandest key on the ring. The grandest looking key. What is it made of? It's made of a dark gunmetal black sort of metal. And it's got sort of like a red velvet heart shaped sort of inlay in it. So it's got a squishy point. Oh, it's plush. It's plush. Yeah, it's squishy. It's pretty fun to squish. <laughs> it's pretty tactile. Much like the human form. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, let's go there. Let's go there, guys. Bedroom, bedroom. Hopefully it's the bedroom. <laughs> we'll find out next week as you wake your way down the hallways of Bluebeard's Mansion, searching out a bedroom that unfortunately won't be used tonight for your wedding. Ooh. Your husband hasn't even set foot inside the house, let alone inside the bedroom. Let alone inside, no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was right there with you. I was just like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. The Virgin and the Fatale are a terrible duo, and I cannot wait to see what... Oh, I remember when I was living the Virgin and the Fatale as a duo. It was not fun as a person either. <laughs> we will find out what this mansion is like for the bride next week. And we search for a bedroom. 
For now, I've been your groundskeeper for Bluebeard's Bride, Justin Eacock, and I have been surrounded by my sisters making up the bride, the Virgin. Hi, Brie Poison. The Witch. Nick Cassidy. The Fatale. Ash Cassidy. And the Mother. Scott Thrower. And until next time, dear listener, be good to each other. Terrible Warriors has new episodes out every week, and Bluebeard's Bride will return on Tuesday. This show receives funding from supporters on Patreon. If you like this show and you want to hear more, consider supporting us today at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. This month, Patreon supporters will also gain access to the first take of Bluebeard's Bride. This was not the first time we tried this game, and while we're not comfortable releasing that version on the podcast proper, there's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't our best foot forward. And if you'd like to hear the process of the first attempt at this game, check out Patreon by the end of this month and the raw files we posted for you to listen to. While you wait, have a look at this month's poll. Every month, we let you decide which game we'll play next, and this month is no different. Would you like us to continue playing Bluebeard's Bride? Would you like to see us return to the world of masks? Or perhaps something new in the games of The Spire or Headspace? You decide. We'll record it in November and release those sessions in December. Follow us on Twitter at DiceWarriors, on Instagram at TerribleWarriors, and leave us a review on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe. Today's Terrible Warriors and your sisters making up the Bride of Bluebeard. For Bree Poison, Nick Cassidy and Ash Cassidy of the podcast for the recently deceased, and Scott Thrower from the Fairy Tales for Unwanted Children podcast. We'll see you back here on Tuesday for part two of Bluebeard's Bride, right here on the Terrible Warriors. <laughs>